Welcome to the Air Combat Simulation Podcast, brought to you by BBR Productions. Together with content creators, mission builders, experts, and enthusiasts, we explore the comprehensive world of combat aircraft simulation. Welcome everybody back to another Air Combat Sim. Today we're doing a community takeover here with our special guests of Nomad and Bowser. If you guys want to say hello to the community. Hello. Hi. Hey, we got uh, Rob Grady here as well. He's the GOAT. He's joining us as well. Hola. Hola, senor. So this is my first community takeover here. Honored to be here and have Nomad and Bowser as our guest today. And I guess we'll start off with Nomad. If you want to give us our your backstory... Part of the community. Hey, so I'm Nomad. Uh, I literally just found this podcast probably a couple of weeks ago and, and joined the uh, Discord days ago. But I, I tell you, when I found it, I ran through it and I uh, listened to every episode. I love it. Excited to be a part of this one. Cool. Well, so what's your backstory with the uh, DCS? So typically I've been into the civilian flight simulators for a, uh, for a long time. Uh, just recently discovered dcs and the ability to get into the weapon systems and then be with some of the uh some of the or play with some of the uh airplanes and helicopters that i've loved for years it's fantastic sweet well i appreciate you joining us today we also have bowser here if you want to give us a little bit about yourself all right well i'm bowser uh, been playing DCS since before it was DCS. Uh, started with Flaming Cliffs 2 and the standalone A-10. Uh, been listening to the podcast since the beginning. So, uh, normally fly the Hornet, but uh, since the Apache come out, I've kind of spent all my time on it. Yeah, I think uh, I can say the same as well. How long have you, uh, so you said you've been in it since Lock-On? Is that, like, is that the first one? Yeah, the second one, I guess it would be. Okay, I forgot which the first one was. It was Lock Lomac, and then Lomac. Uh, that's what it was. Fl- Flaming Cliffs Two. That's where I started. Okay, that's right. I remember that one a long way ago, but I didn't really understand anything, and I just kind of like blew up all the time. I don't remember what I was doing in it, but uh, yeah, honored to have you guys here, and we also have Rob here. And Rob, you never told me how long you've been into DCS. It's actually. Um, probably about three years. Um, okay. And as I was uh, complaining about earlier, and, and not in a bad way, but I've I've got uh, we we're talking about uh, kids take up quite a bit of time. So uh, my DCS time is not as much as I would like, but uh, when I get the chance, I certainly enjoy it. And I, I probably play more, um, probably more F eighteen than I have some of the other ones. But I've also been. Uh, speeding up more on the F-16 recently, and then I've stumbled around in the Apache. If uh, I, stumbled is probably the best is probably <laughs> the best word uh, for w- what I would call what I've done in it. But but yeah, no. Overall, uh, probably about three years. Three years. In nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. Surprised we never talked about that. Yeah. But uh, honor to have Nomad Bowser here. Uh, so Nomad, do you have anything like? Do you have uh, what's your favorite module so far? I know you said you're 
pretty much new to the community. So how new are you as well? Well, uh, within the year, for sure. I just built a, I built a computer over COVID, and that's about when I discovered uh, DCS. But, I, man, I love that Apache. Uh, Apache and I go way back, real world, uh, not as a pilot, but as a maintainer. And it's as soon as I heard that thing coming out, I said, I got to buy that. Okay. So were you, in, were you in the Army? Yes. Cool. So you were just like a crew chief, I guess, or? I was a... It's called an airframe. Uh, I like to compare it to body mechanic. I was a body mechanic, pretty nice. much for those. So you would just like ding out the dings and stuff, or uh, yeah, fix dents, sheet metal patches, uh, fiberglass repair, things like that. Cool. Blade repair sometimes. Cool. Well, thanks for your service. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, Bowser, you said you were into the Apache. Do you have any other favorite modules as well? Well, my favorite's the Hornet. Always will be. Um, I fly the Tomcat as well, uh, part of a uh, online squadron. But uh, I don't know the Apache. I started with the Apache Air Assault on Xbox. So as soon as I heard the Apache was announced, I was like, "That's a day one for me." So yeah, I think that was like for everybody. Oh yeah. When the Apache came out, I was like, "I gotta have it right now." <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. Were you in the Navy since you like Navy planes or? No, I I never did. I uh, should have. Um, when I was young, I was uh, I had no direction. Let's put it that way. No, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, I'd be kind of cool though, because I mean, it seems like a lot of most of the people I know uh, fly the Hornet or the Tomcat. It seems, but uh, most of the people I know right now are flying the Apache, and that's pretty much what this community takeover is going to be about. Is talking about the newly released Apache that was uh, I think it's two weeks now. I was going to say I think it has been about two weeks and i think we had an update last week yeah that's right so we had a update last it was tuesday or wednesday and it was supposed to fix some of the desync issues that were going on with the uh the apache and multi-crew i've flown just a little bit of the last patch that came out and there was just a few issues still left over that need to be ironed out as well but overall uh, i think it's been in my opinion the greatest probably module release that has happened so far in dcs i'm not sure what you guys think but i agree i i love this thing i i could spend hours if i had the hours i could spend on it well i'm not good enough at it yet to know if there's problems (laughs) well i I would say you know it's interesting to say that i think from my perspective it seems it may be and i didn't know if it's because it's a helicopter or if it's it's just so different than some of the other, than the mm-hmm. um, pointy nose, that it just seems like it's going to be such a um, larger challenge to get into and spend the invest the time to get proficient at it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to make a YouTube video about this, but I guess we can talk about it here. Is uh, like, how do you find the best way to approach like a new module? Like, what would you, what would you, like, uh, Nomad is a new person to DCS like how would how are you approaching new modules are you like more of a hands-on person or like watching to learn uh kind of kind of both I uh go straight to YouTube see what I can find on there for uh for help see if I can find Chuck's guides and uh and just work it out see what I can figure out now I will say helicopters are a totally different beast so get ready to retrain your brain yeah uh, how about you Bowser I'm more hands-on uh, up until release day, I will get into the YouTube and the manual if they release it, things like that. But uh, as soon as it's out, I just jump in, start mapping things, and, and 
kind of, you know, in bite-sized pieces. I'll, I'll learn to take off and land, and then I'll jump into the weapons, things like that. Yeah, it's it's cool to see how, you know, everybody gets into it. How about you, Rob? How'd you come about the Apache? Well, normally I'll buy the... I probably have more modules than, I, uh, than I've invested time in, but, you know, you saw it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I want it. And so I've downloaded it. I've loaded it. I've mapped... Uh, some of the uh, uh, joystick and everything else, and then I've started playing with it, and uh, it's great. But most of the time, I think it's a combination for me of trying to get up to speed. So I'll watch videos um, on YouTube to try to understand some of the basics and get the mappings down, uh, Mm -hmm. and then part of it's going to be obviously hands-on and trying to do it. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that it's a combination of trying to find the right videos um, and even like, for example, trick of yours are great to get into to sit there and watch even some of the nuanced changes. So mm-hmm. when I start going through the F-16, I try to find a series of videos that I'm going to listen to. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, you know, as a curriculum. Yeah, I still need to do an updated F-16 Viper changes thing, but I've been so involved with the, you know, the Apache that I just haven't. Yeah, I was going to say something. Haven't, like, haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, lazy. But, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I feel like I'm more of a hands-on person. Like, I didn't, I wasn't here for the launch day. I always feel like ED launches games when I'm flying. So, it's like a it's, curse. Like, I always start like a four-day trip when, you know, like ED's like, hey, we're releasing this module today. And you're like, come on, Matt. And you're like, come on, Wags. Give me a, give me a day to stream it, you know. But, um uh, I was at, airline pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get the I didn't really watch many videos, you know, before the Apache came out, but I did get to see a little bit of, you know, some of the streams. But I'm more of a hands on person, so I'd rather just, you know, get in there and basically do it myself, figure it out myself. I've always been like that. I'd just rather be like a hands on person and just mm-hmm. get it done and figure it out myself. And then I'll go to the uh you know, the training resources and stuff to kinda yeah, engraved Chuck, in my brain. Chuck's guides are fan, you know, absolutely fantastic. But it's sort of uh, I use it as more of an ad hoc of what is this, and then I try to find it in there. And again, mm-hmm. that's just me. But uh, but boy, he cranked out the first piece really quickly uh, for the Apache. Yeah, kind of like a, a reference. Uh, that's the way I use Chuck's guides. Uh, just kind of look at things I need to find. Uh, I, I can't just go through and read the whole thing. It, it, my attention span isn't that uh, focused. Did he come out with an Apache gun? Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. He did? Maybe it's just... Rep- I'm, I'm on his Patreon list, so maybe... Ah. Oh, maybe. okay, maybe it came out early to Patreons then. Yeah, yeah. Your news exclusive, if you sub to... Or how, do you, how would you say that? If you give money... If, if you're you contribute, a patron. If you're a patron, there we go, thank you. Sorry, I'm not very good at the uh, Patreon thing. So shout out to Chuck's guide. Go over yep. there and give him some support, and you get some early access. Oh, yeah. Breaking news! It's there. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that either. So I'm gonna have to work my way over there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, no, it's it's really good. And again, as all of his uh, all of his guides are, it's fantastic. So yeah, if um, I I didn't know if it was still for uh, for the Patreons uh, members, but sounds like uh, it is still so yeah go over there check it out this stuff is yeah, great no rob bringing in the bringing in the good news mm-hmm. 
no, but I didn't know that. But uh, no, I've, I feel like the same way that I always use Chuck's guides to help me refresh my memory, um, especially if I'm making a tutorial. You know, like I, I pretty much know what I'm doing, but then I use his guide as like a backup. Like, hey, how does he, how does Chuck do it kind of thing? And then I kind of like put my own touch or flair on it. Yeah, but realistically, you had Casmo. So how how is that not like the best training? That I did. You he, get? he was he was in the back seat and he was whispering me sweet nothing. So you know, my I wasn't really paying attention to what he was telling me. I was just paying attention to like you know his breath on my on my neck. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, but no, I've, I've flown with Casmo quite a few times now and he's always been in the backseat being the pilot and that was always a CPG. And so far, I don't know about all you, but, uh, I find the CPG the most fun out of the Apache. I mean, that's just me, but yeah, I haven't done any multiplayer on the, uh, on the, in the pilot seat yet. I need to give that a try, but I've tried that CPG seat and man, that's fun. Yeah. I haven't been on multi-crew yet either. Um, I, I prefer flying it, um, but I don't know it, the the George AI. It it works really well. It's uh it's a little different. It's a little bit to get used to. It did take me a little bit to get used to. I spent like the first hour of my stream when I first got into the Apache, where I was just you know taking off, landing, flying around, just getting used to it. And it's actually I think it's pretty. I'm not gonna say simple to fly because it's actually complex. But uh, compared to like the Apache or not the Apache, but the Huey. I thought it kind of flew a little similar, not like saying it's spot on, but I mean like the Huey's my favorite to fly in DCS, so having the experience with the Huey, I kind of felt like I could do pretty well with the Apache, and so far I've, I felt like I've done pretty good with the Apache. Only it's a couple, touchy. Only a couple crashes. I think the George from the uh, CPG seat is, is pretty intuitive. It, uh, it flies well enough, it takes you around like a taxi service, but... I haven't used the George AI. Actually, I take that back. I used it once, and that was for the CPG tutorial that I did. I actually had to look up the commands, like, how do I make him do this? Because I had no idea what I was doing. So to have, like, a super stable uh, sta stable hover to do part of my video, I needed him just to keep it there for me so I can, mm -hmm. you know, do my video. Because usually if I have a pile in the back, you know, the, the you know you're going all over the place. Yeah. Like It's like, keep it steady, man. Keep it steady. Yeah, George as the gunner uh, is pretty simple and really works well. Um, George as the pilot, uh, I get confused. I always put him in the wrong mode. Uh, it's it's not as intuitive as I'd like. I think that's my shortcoming though, and not uh, not George's. Is that his name though? Is like the whole thing is George, even if he's yes. up front or in the back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what to call the guy in the back. <laughs> yeah, I, was calling, I was calling him Frank. <laughs> hey, he could be your Frank. <laughs> I have had some issues that though with that though, where he'll he doesn't climb like you'd want him to, or he'll get into to settling with power and you slam into the ground pretty hard. But yeah, that, I was wondering about that. I didn't know because I've watched some of the videos and I'm like, huh. Well, he just automatically like increased ten feet. And then I I guess not. It's not great when you're going waypoint to waypoint, uh, especially if you're in the uh, the max speed mode i've noticed where he'll get he'll get himself into a 2500 foot per minute drop pretty quick so you can tell him like to follow all the waypoints yes yeah or follow a route. route yeah if you set up a route you can have him uh i think it's combat mode you can have him uh follow the the waypoints 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't really, like I said, I haven't done much single player, so I've just been doing multiplayer stuff. So yeah, you guys are the opposite of me, so now I'm learning. Yeah, I try to I try to learn in um, single player before I break into the multiplayer and make a fool out of myself. I've, I've been flying a lot from the front seat. Uh, I fly to where I'm going and then let George take over and hover or whatever he's going to do. And then I'll grab my uh, Xbox controller and start shooting things and then I'll take back over. Yeah, that was my my next question is, like, I haven't done that yet, and I've seen a lot of people using the Xbox controller. How do you feel the Xbox controller does as a CPG? It's necessary, I think. Um, I tried binding my flight controls uh, when when I first got it uh, as the CPG, and it, it just didn't work for me. Um, and I also want to be able to fly from the front seat, but I bound an Xbox One controller through Bluetooth, and it's amazing. It yeah. has until the radar comes out. I feel like it has enough buttons on it to do pretty much everything you need to do. How easy was it to bind? As long as I remember to turn it on first before I uh, start DCS, it's pretty easy. Okay, so that's the shortcomings. You gotta have it. You have to have it on before you start DCS. Yeah, if you connect through Bluetooth, I think you can hardwire it and it'll be fine. But okay. Yeah, I think if you if you just had it USB connected, then it would always show up. That's how I do. Yeah, I, I took a. I have a spare PlayStation controller, PS4 uh, DualShock controller, and I just have it plugged into a uh, powered USB port or a powered USB hub. And it honestly, it was plug and play. I didn't have to do any setup or anything. I had to bind the controls, of course. But well, that, that's interesting because I heard somebody mention that you actually for the PlayStation that you might need some uh, software, some additional software. I, I didn't need anything. It was plug and play. Do your triggers work as buttons or as axes? Yes, they work as buttons. See, that's a shortcoming of the Xbox controller. The triggers are axes, and you can't really use them to fire the weapon or whatever. Interesting. So how do you do? You use the like joysticks, I guess you'd say the the thumb joysticks. Do you use that for the CP or the uh, T tag? Yes. Yep. Okay. Does it vibrate for you? I haven't gotten it to, but. <laughs> I'm sure we can try. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> don't don't put it in your lap. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I never thought of that. Uh, I, I'm using a. a what are you self- doing up there? <laughs> Mind your own business. Rifle. <laughs> There's a smile on his face. Oh, I got the jet seat. I don't. I don't have to worry about that. Oh, I've man. got. I got a got cell a bu- phone mount holding my uh, Xbox controller, so I guess I wouldn't know if it was vibrating. Yeah, I, that'd be kind of cool if it had like a little bit of a force feedback. Yeah. But, uh, I guess that brings us to the next topic of uh, the trim. How'd you guys find the trim? I know that was a huge discussion. Oh man, I, it's been a fight. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of trouble with it, um, but I immediately went to the settings and selected uh, central position trimmer mode mm-hmm. yeah i ha- so i have an x56 uh i know it's the it's the sinful thing to say uh because it's got all the slop in the center nobody really recommends it but uh it, it took it took a little bit of playing with it on my part and when i finally got smart and took the centering spring out of my uh rudder pedals boy that made all the difference too hmm. yeah i got the mfg crosswinds and uh I honestly didn't have too much of an issue. I, I honestly thought maybe people were overthinking it, 
at first, but uh, it seemed like it was a huge topic of discussion, the trim. Once I got used to it, it, uh, it, it made more sense to me, but at first I was uh, flopping all over the place like a fish with the darn thing. <laughs> How about I you, did. Rob? Uh, I would say that I haven't gotten, um, I haven't gotten to that part yet. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still on the ground taxi. I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the guy that rolled over and all was... <laughs> no, um, I, I honestly, it's, uh, I haven't had the chance to get into it that far, but, um, but I, I've watched the videos and I've seen Casmo and Red Kite and, and to your point, I'm kind of going, what I'm not really sure what I how I need to do it. I'm actually after watching three or four. I'm like, hmm. I I just need to jump into it and figure out what's going on. But right, yeah, yeah. And if you guys are okay with it, I'm I completely recommend those two videos that you just mentioned right there. Those made all the world a difference to me. I don't recommend any videos of Casmo or no. Red Kite. No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just joking, only tricker videos. <laughs> they're only <laughs> they're only panel members as well. I, yeah, I can only say that because they're not here. <laughs> no, I, I watched I watched all of uh, Casmos and Red. I always watch Red Kite's videos. Yeah, his stuff is so good. Yeah, he did the yeah. ASMR one for April Fools. I didn't even know it was an April Fools joke. I just went I with it and I was like, "Hey, man, this is cool." I was thinking he's guy. going for a new audience. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too, man. I commented on it. I put something in the regards of like, "Hey, I don't know why you're giving this out for free. It should be on your OnlyFans page." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully well, he thought that was funny. You know, I mean, OnlyFans go in a different direction, too. You get all the sponsored ads, and they say, oh, cooking show, cooking this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where? ASMR cooking. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's go yeah, with that. I, I enjoyed it. I was like, man, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of systems, or hotel systems. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, he's got know. them all. Yeah. I, I he mean, got a bunch. They, he had a bunch of them. He said, well, don't they, he, they send the, all the manufacturers send it to him for free. Oh, okay. Or, or that's what he—that's what he wants for Christmas. I don't know. He just gets <laughs> just them all. His charming voice gets all the free stuff. I think so. I think that's it. But yeah, uh, looking forward to just going back to the Chuck's guide. Looking forward to Chuck's guide on the Apache because oh yeah, I would. I, I read a little bit of the Quick Start guide, which is another thing I guess we can talk about. Is like when the Quick Start guide came out i was like holy shit you know holy crap sorry uh like 300 and i think it was like 362 pages like usually like when the f-16 came out there was like 20 pages and i was like what the heck if i remember correctly but yeah it's uh i got it up right here 361 pages that is a that is a thorough i was, manual. I was one off i was one that's, off that's hey. not much of a quick start guide that's that's a long start that's guide. A, yeah that's yeah, well that's the documentation yeah i was impressed like when i saw that it came out i was kind of like all right like I like I got I got a little more hyped than I usually do. Like usually when modules come out, I'm not super hyped as I used to always be. I guess just because I'm used to being let down a little bit. I guess <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> sound negative, but I mean, you know, you're like, oh, I'm super hyped for it, and then it's like, oh, we need to delay a couple more months, and you're like, ah. Well, with this one, you can see just by looking at this guide alone, you can see the love they put into this thing. And yeah, that was that's what I was getting as when I saw the guide, I was like, all right, like. You can tell that this is going to be a very good module, and I was impressed when it when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. First I mean, thing I did was listen to the sounds for ten minutes. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I was going to say that I think you know what's interesting is that you know this module is so 
you know, I don't think I've seen a module come along that has changed the tone of the community where I've seen such people be so excited about it and then spending the time. Um, you know, so coming out with, if you came out with another aircraft, it's not that it's not going to get the buzz, but this one seems, you know, it's just been huge. I agree. And my biggest concern with the Apache when it first came out, and I always said this, like on my streams is that the ground units were going to be my biggest concern mm -hmm. because, you know, usually if you're in the A-10, uh, like you, you always get shot in the face or, you know, like you'll be going... 600 knots down low on in an f-16 and some dude's yeah. like a mile away and he snipes you and you're like come on man like <laughs> so that was my biggest concern about the apache when with the ground units were but so far i mean i've been having an absolute blast um with the ground units and the apache i, I still think there could be some improvements obviously but i've been you know having a great time with the apache it's a completely different aspect of dcs mm-hmm that I'm used to. Oh yeah, yeah. And how's the uh, and and again, one of the big topics was about the the FLIR system. How do you guys yeah, think so that that? How do you think that's trans has been transformed? What do you think? So I I have no frame of reference in the older FLIR system being a being such a, a, a beginner to DCS, but the I have no problems with this one. I, I it's fantastic. I, I you can see everything you need to see. I don't know what the older issues were, but uh, trigger were those were those fixed that you've seen or? Um, no. Um, so like the FLIR was in the Apache is uh, freaking amazing, yes. like it's awesome, and it was supposed to be incorporated into all the other aircraft inside of DCS. Right. Uh, but at the present time, the F-16 and the A-10 are a little bit lackluster, as in, I feel like they've gotten a little worse than. Oh, really? Um what it used to be like i was flying the a10 the other day and it was so hard to pick out any units I, even ap even after like adjusting the brightness contrast mm. the gain i was really trying super hard to find units and like i was trying to find like an infantryman and i could not find him like he was blending in with the terrain so it was uh it was a little frustrating but um supposedly that's being worked on and i guess some of the code got put into the other modules but not to take away from the Apache, the FLIR looks amazing, and I can't wait for the FLIR to actually make it to the other modules is what I was getting at. I wonder if maybe that's because the uh, the Apache's FLIR is at, at such a high level that maybe going back to the other ones is kind of lackluster, pulls out their bad sides. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've seen... <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say that I I think it just got put into the F-14 in its latest release. So, or at least I when I read the release notes, I think that's what it said. But, okay, yeah. I haven't flown the F-14 since the Apache came out. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I can certainly see where they're trying to modularize, uh, you know, the software components. And so even if it's not there, immediately it'll get there. Yeah. I remember like two years ago, uh, they came out with a patch for the A-10 for the TGP, and it was awful. Like it was, <laughs> I can't even I can't even really describe what the picture <laughs> is, but I mean like there was like squares on the TGP or like on the MFD screen, and it was like really bright white and then like really dark black, 
it was extremely difficult to see anything. And I was like, man, this is terrible. And that was, that was like two years ago and it took a little bit of time for them to fix that. But I'm, I'm sure they're going to fix, you know, the issue that we're having now, but it's not really a big issue in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think, uh, there are always going to be issues, but it's always, I think that's a tough thing about software is that when you make a, uh, change in one spot and then it impacts something somewhere else and doing regression mm-hmm. testing, uh, you know, you know, all the pieces that go into doing a release, uh, sometimes things get through, but yeah, you know, I, I, all things being considered though, I would say that this release, um, was pretty doggone successful for Eagle dynamics. I, w- I would bet. So, I'm well, I mean, I mean, in reference to some of the other ones, I think, you know, you know, we'll have it in December and then we end up in March. Um, but, you know, I'd rather <laughs> take the time because, you know, you don't want to have it. Um, you know, the, it's not a very forgiving community. No. And I, I think everybody's under the same, you know, understanding. Like, take your time with it. Quit putting out release dates. You know, like, quit. Quit setting standards, or not set standards, but quit putting out expectations and just put it out when it's ready, you know? Like, stop forcing in, like, you know, expectations, I guess you'd say. You know, like, because then it sets you up for delays and then people get upset about the delays. Uh, but, you know, this was a great release, in my opinion. Yeah, and I and I guess that was my point originally, is that when you take a look at this release, um, I feel like, you know, this module is such a huge chunk, and I think it opens up so much more... Um, experiences folks can have with in multiplayer a whole new aircraft to learn in uh you know in the air to ground um i guess what i'm trying to (laughs) shooting uh people on the ground uh is going to be fantastic shooting virtual people on the ground thank you it's just it's just lines of code yeah Yeah. exactly we don't want to get it too involved have you tried shooting virtual cows yet? No. It doesn't work, does it? Uh, it, it usually does, but I haven't tried it yet. Usually 104's bullet, he makes these missions with a bunch of cows in it. It's usually a lot of fun. I did take it out on the uh, 476th uh, range in Nevada, and that was a lot of fun. Now that's a... It's crazy you say that because like I'm usually the only one that flies on Nevada that I know about. So oh yeah, it's good to good to hear somebody else flies on I Nevada. Like I, I I like the realism factor that it gives, even if it's not true combat. Yeah, that's what I think about it too. And that 476 training grounds is actually a really good mission. Oh, it's fantastic. If anybody hasn't checked it out, make sure you check out the 476 range. It goes into your mods folder, and it's a uh, it's got a bunch of different like targets and ranges that you can go to to practice your gunnery and weapons it's a good little mission and the amount of work that they put into that it's just as much love as you can see as these guys put into the apache that's that's a lot of work they put into that yeah so it's good to hear that somebody else loves the uh, nevada map because i felt like i was the only one <laughs> i put out a video on uh like terrains in dcs like a month ago and my number one comment was like, why do you like Nevada so much? There's never seen real combat. And it's like, bro, like, it's a cool map, man. Like, yeah. You go there, you can high roll. <laughs> you can race down the strip like you're in Formula One. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but... No. Formula One's going to be doing a, a racetrack in Las Vegas. Racing oh, down the strip. 
Texas is going to lose our uh, we're going to lose our status as the as the only one in the United States, huh? Well, uh, well, I think they're still going to do it there. I think this is like I don't know. It just got announced that it's going to be coming in 2023 that Formula One is going to be racing oh, okay. down the strip. I'm sure the tickets going to be like three to five thousand dollars. Sure. Yeah. No, it's not. But, I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, when to take the uh, what to do with the boys. Uh, take my kids to uh, Circuit of the Americas this year. I think they're about. It's about ready. But yeah. leave leave them at Sports House. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. See, mm. you know, sport might be there because Sun and Fun is next weekend, and I invited oh. him to come out. That's here in uh, oh, yeah, Lake right. Florida. So we got the Sun and Fun. So uh, Thunderbirds are coming oh, next weekend. Cool. Oh man, it's air show season. Oh, it is, man. It. It's good to be, you know, spring already. But we've been having some crazy rain the last few days. Like I said, I think the power went out. Uh, at my place the other day, uh, or yesterday actually, so had to reset a bunch of stuff when I got home today. But uh, we're hitting thunderstorm season here in Texas too, and it's you get those notifications every day that it's about to be rainy and, and stormy. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the computer down so it doesn't get fried. Yeah, weather in Texas is no joke. Like uh, when flying in Texas, like you guys get some crazy like squall lines. Yeah. And it takes, like, hundreds of miles to go around. But, like, every squall line has, like, tornadoes in it. Sure. Or hail. And it's just that it's the mix of the dry line with the uh, with that Gulf moisture, man. Yeah. Now we need that in DCS. Perfect segue <laughs> to go into DCS weather. Real-time weather. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Dude, we need real-time weather. Uh, yeah, that would, be, that would be awesome. But we need, I don't know. They I feel like have- the... the I don't they used know. They used to have that. They used to have that in, D- they in uh, well, not in DCS, no, or I don't know. Uh, oh, not I that I'm aware. Had that. They didn't. Did uh, I hear Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I hear that they're uh, trying to implement the towering cumulus now, or in DCS? In DCS. I'm not sure. I thought I, I mean, heard that in one of y'all's episodes. Talking must with, have been, with uh, Wags. Must have been the one with Wags. Yes. Okay, must have been. I must have. I think I missed that one. Then. I think I caught that. I think I caught that he that they were uh, working on that. That's gonna be cool. Because I I know that the weather system was supposed to be coming, sure. where it's dynamic, and I've been wanting that for a long time. I feel like the wind is not really represented correctly in DCS. Um, so hopefully the wind system kind of gets fixed, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, towering cumulus get some. Thunderstorms, some thunder bumpers coming in while you're trying to put bombs on foreheads. Get a little little realism. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the episodes that we, we have on deck is about um, real pilots in DCS. So I think that'll be interesting, you know, just as you mentioned about the wind and other things that could, you know, what could be making it more realistic. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I guess that's our next episode. Yeah. So what yeah. else do you uh so about the patchy like what else are you looking forward like uh Bowser like what do, what do you what do you see yourself doing next in the Apache as you're learning it? What's your next step? Uh I I don't know. It's so complex. There's it's like the A10. There's just so much you could deep dive into that aircraft like really far mm-hmm. uh, b- before you reach the bottom. Um and I have no idea. Uh so far I've been able to 
use all the weapons and things like that, uh, put in waypoints, uh, you know, the basics. But I'm just looking forward to getting in there and, and finding out how to really make it accurate and uh, uh, learning all those systems. Have you done night missions yet? A couple. Um, just like approaches, takeoffs, things like that. That system is really cool. It's kind of hard to train your brain to you know, use one eye for that and the other eye for everything else, but I, it really makes you respect... So the, you, you must be in VR then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how, do you, how, are, how are you enjoying the Apache in VR then, besides the eye heads? Oh, it's amazing. Everything looks fantastic. It's It really... Uh, I mean, VR is a game changer for all the aircraft, but it, every new aircraft release, it just keeps getting better. Hmm. So, Tricky, you're not in VR, uh, or no. are you in VR at all? Um, yeah. I, ha I have VR, but I I choose track IR just for, like, content creation. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't have, if you weren't making videos, would you be wearing it? That's a tough question. I don't know. I mean, I, I have the Reverb 1. I don't have the latest Reverb 2. So I had, like, the Oculus Rift, mm -hmm. and then the reason I got the Oculus Rift is... Everyone was like, oh, it's so clear. There's no screen door effect. You know, it's so clear. And then I put it on. And suffice to say, I was like, just disappointed. I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, man, like, I can't read anything. And, and then like, I was going to people's streams and I'm like, can you read these gauges? Like, it's so blurry. It's so much screen door effect. Like, is my unit uh, like defective? I, I didn't know. And, uh, cause I never tried VR before and like other VR games are amazing like the yeah you know just being in like a real 3d world like i was playing like robo recall and these robots were jumping on me and scaring the crap out of me so that was kind of cool but uh like in dcs like i was just kind of disappointed with the rift and then the reverb came out and everyone's like oh it's so clear you can see everything and i'm like all right i'll get the rift or not, not the rift but the reverb and um like it was a little bit better but there were still like screen door effects and like i couldn't see stuff on the sides and i don't know it just took me a long time to get used to it and i really enjoyed it i think like you feel immersed because like i i kept grabbing the mouse or not the mouse i kept grabbing i kept reaching for things because i think i thought i was in the cockpit you know yeah so i kept grabbing like hey i'm gonna hit this switch and i'm like crap you know trigger you dummy like the, you're in a, you're in a vr headset you know grab the mouse um but I was still kind of disappointed with the um, the biggest thing with me was like doing BFM because there was a lot of ghosting. Mm. So like I'd be merged with somebody and like they would be ghosting across the screen and you're like, I don't know which, you know, like image is the correct image, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think VR is awesome, but so far I, I just haven't been sold on it yet. I had that problem at first. Uh it took me a couple weeks to kind of train my eyes, and that was with the original Ripped. Um, mm -hmm. But once I did, I, I couldn't go back to the monitor. Uh, at first, it, like you said, it was really bad. Um, but it's almost like you get used to it and understand its limitations. And now I've got, like, the Reverb G2. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can read everything. I think it's great. I, I just can't go back to a monitor. That's what everybody kept saying, though, is, uh, like, I, I can read everything and then... Like, I got 20-20 vision, and, like, I would put it on, and 
like sometimes I'm just like, man, I can't even read the gauges. And then like the same person I would ask, like, hey, I thought you said you could read everything. And he's like, yeah, I can read the gauge. Just put it in the green. Like, <laughs> like I can't read the numbers. Just put it in the green area. And you're like, well, that's kind of different from what you were telling me earlier. But uh, sorry, go ahead, Rob. Oh, no, no. I was just I was just laughing. But but no, for me, it's uh, you know, I don't have 2020 vision. I, I have glasses. And so, uh, you know, I've even thought about uh, you know, my experience in general has been it's been good for a while, but then I put it on and it's not necessarily comfortable. And then I have glasses that get all, you know, if they're not adjusted correctly. And then honestly, it's like, okay, do I have to have, I have to go and find 52 different settings that I got to tweak and, and modify. That was my other, not to cut you off, but that was my other discussion or thought that was like, I always felt like I was troubleshooting. So like yeah. every time I would launch DCS, I felt like it was like a process. Like I had to spend like 20 minutes like adjusting things. And I was like, man, this is just like not making me want to play DCS. Yeah, I know, maybe, I was, maybe I was going about it wrong. But. Well, that's kind of one of my experiences I've had with, uh, I, I mix between both uh, VR and, you know, the, the flat screen. Um, I've, I've found that you really, you really just have to keep, tweaking the settings and and managing your expectations and figuring out but eventually you do and and Bowser you may be able to agree with me eventually you do find this one sweet spot setting that is just perfect and you leave it alone and it's great yeah it's fantastic you you have to get to a point where it's good enough and you just stop um until they come out the next big thing like this uh, open xr they just come out with and then you're back to tweaking and there is a lot of tweaking but He's right. You just get to a point where you stop and say it's good enough and just enjoy it. Yeah. And maybe that was my issue. I guess I was always trying to strive for the best settings because people were saying it was like it was so clear and like there's no, you know, like jittery, like no stuttering basically. And I was like, man, like I'm getting all of this and I've been adjusting my settings like crazy. I have a 3080 Ti. Well, at the time I had a 2080 Ti and I was just. I guess I just wasn't really sold on it yet. I think the game is managing expectations because it's just it's it's not great and it's not or it's not amazing and it's not going to be amazing. I think VR is just too immature for that right now. But uh, it, you can get it to a point where it's pretty stellar sometimes. Well, that and the fact that DCS was never made w with VR in mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Games that were made with VR in mind. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. No, it's a great point. But the other I'm thing you got to keep in mind is I was also trying to, you know, stream and video record for content. And yeah. so I was switching between settings all the time. So going between, you know, like my track IR settings and then my VR settings. And so it was just a constant, like, you know, it was like a process, like I was saying. And it was just kind of a hassle. I, I could see maybe if I wasn't doing all that, maybe I would dedicate more time because it is very immersive and like il2 it it was great it was amazing in il2 um i don't know if you guys have any experience with il2 yeah. but yeah i do it was super smooth and it was it looked amazing i was like man this is awesome in il2 well i think i think they made il2 uh with vr in mind when they brought it out i think that helped it it's still uh it's still you know, a resource hog, but not nearly as much as DCS. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I was gonna, 
I was going to say the one thing that the other thing that sort of pulls me away from it is the investment that I've made in some like, oh, here's a win wing uh, button box. Or, and so anytime I've invested money in that, then because you can't use it realistically uh, unless someone's got and someone knows a trick about knowing where all the, the buttons are. Because for me, it's like once you put that on, you're kind of losing sight of everything else. Yeah. And so some of these other button boxes that you may have aren't going to be very easy to use. So, you know, I have seen I have seen some tricks that people have done with that. Uh, I saw one guy on uh, Reddit. He posted he has his little pit set up and mm-hmm. he had a 10 key keypad in front of him for a uh, for a upfront controller. And he put little um, Velcro squares on mm. some of the keypads or on one of the key uh, on one of the keys and kind of as a tactile feedback deal. Yeah, I could, I could, I could definitely see that. I, and again, I guess it comes down to, um, you know, trying to f- get all the perfect right settings. Sure. Um, and then the other pieces, honestly, just like I had, I had my kids come in the other a few minutes ago when I talked about shooting people on the ground, uh, <laughs> and distracting me. So I honestly don't like to have something covering my face where I can't see it when they may come in. So, yeah. not that they're bad, but that that's a it's a distraction for me. So. I get that too. When there's nobody else in the house, I have trouble because I'm always like lifting up my headset, looking behind me. Uh, yep. As long as there's people home, I can just kind of relax and know that, uh, you know, if someone needs me, they're going to get, you know, holler at me first. Yeah, but I didn't want to come off negative like I, I no. uh, down VR at all. I just, it just doesn't work for me at the moment. No, it's not for everybody, but well. Uh, and I completely see how for for those of you guys that are content creators, it, it could yeah. be a it could be a terrible thing because I I don't watch VR videos that that's made by or on, on YouTube. You, I can't you don't want either. To, yeah, you can't. You don't want to see somebody who's just wearing a headset on like that. You honestly need to see their face or expressions and things like that. Right. Now I did solve the button box problem. I just made my own uh, for like landing gear, tail hook, things like that. Uh, bought a cheap. USB controller and kind of made my own. It works really well, but like you said, you have to learn where everything's at. Make your own. Now that is <laughs> that is a solution. I we don't hear too many people saying I made my own, but that but yeah, you're right. I think though I think I think for me um you know, I've become if if v, if the VR becomes much better uh, then I can totally see it. But I've also thought about having two setups, right? So I don't have a sim rig, but I've got everything sort of attached on a monster tech rig or stand. And then I've said, okay, well, maybe I'll just get a chair, like a monster tech chair where you can um, put everything on it, and maybe that'll be the VR one. So anyways, been pondering that. that. There's a lot of good resources on uh online especially on reddit that i've found where people build their own setups and it, i mean some of them are glorious yeah i got uh, i mean i got a 32 inch widescreen and i freaking love it for dcs i mean I'm, I'm in love with it i've had it for like six months now and i, I upgraded from a 27 inch i never had a widescreen before but this 32 inch like you really feel like you're you feel like you're in the cockpit as much as you could you know like it's not VR, but it's. Uh, I think it's great. You said you use Track IR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that must be that must be really well with those big bigger screens. Yeah, it does really well. Um, like the only issue I ever have is sometimes like if 
I like candles or you know, uh, if you want to set the mood, if I have it, yeah, if I, I set the mood when I'm playing DCS, you know, <laughs> what, you don't put on the, you know, I got to put on the jazz and <laughs> we're about to go virtually kill people. Yeah. Uh, get in the mood. <laughs> Casmo's no, coming. <laughs> where, where's the force of the sun, the force of the sun <laughs> about to be in the bag. I better put on my, my, my robe. candle, my robe. <laughs> No, I love I love my place to smell good. So I always got candles going. But um, you know, like if during Christmas time, like I got the Christmas tree up. You know, like sometimes it puts off reflections. So like I got to remember. Um, I had my Christmas tree on a timer, so this was kind of funny. Like I was streaming, and I had my Christmas tree on a timer, like to come on like at five p.m. And it came on, and then my track IR, I was streaming, and it just went freaking bananas. And like, <laughs> it was going all over the place. And I was, like, merged with somebody, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is the worst time that this could happen. And I'm, like, trying to, like, get on my phone, because it was, a uh, you know, it's on my Wi-Fi that I can turn off the Christmas tree. And I'm, like, trying to do that while I'm merged. <laughs> it was pretty uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, track IR does not like extra light sources. Yeah, you know, first world problems, you know. <laughs> I had what? a triple monitor set up uh, and track IR, so I know what you mean. Like, oh, if, wow. you could, if you couldn't have VR, that was the next best thing. Did you do, like, racing? No, I've always just no? been a okay. flight sim guy. Okay. Well, who's Because I know um, a lot of racing people have three monitor setups. Was it Moltar has a 55-inch LG OLED? Oh, he's got, yeah. like, seven. Wow. He's got, like, seven screens. Yeah, he's 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 the uh, when I want to know who's who's leading the way. Like, and, and I got two. Spent. That two's enough for me. I can't even imagine seven. I wouldn't even know where to look. You know, I had the um, I had the Samsung forty uh, nine inch uh, G nine, and uh, that it, it, surprisingly enough, it just uh, it wouldn't connect correctly. And so every time my orientation just got jacked. And so I just moved away from it. Well, ex-podcast member uh, Jabbers had it as well. Well, he has it. He loves it. Yeah. Um, he yeah, has the I, same one. I, I, I would call it user error. So I'm sure I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was too big, though. I don't know. I haven't seen it in person, but I, I feel like 32 is big enough for me. Kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. I had yeah, that uh, proverbial... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to comment that if anybody is starting with Track IR, uh, to me, Jabber's uh, tutorial on getting set up with Track IR is the best. So just a uh, shout out for that. Yeah. I hit that proverbial fork in the road where I said, do I want to sink money into the monitor setup and Track IR, or do I want to just pull the trigger and go VR? And I said, yeah, let's try the VR. So. See, I had a buddy of mine had this Alienware, uh, I think it's a 36-inch wide curved monitor, and I'm like, eh, why would I ever need that? And I ended up buying it anyway. <laughs> so now <laughs> I have this fantastic monitor, but I'm using VR, so it really doesn't matter. Well, you, you, there's always something else. That's one thing that Jabbers told me a long time ago, is that you think it ends, but it never does. Oh, and it does. I don't know how much money I spent because he pointed me to something. And my wife knew it would be trouble. Yep. I mean, yeah, Jabbers and Kebab are 
don't know if you know Kebab. He's a streamer too, but he's he's a bad influence because he's always got to have like the next best thing. And then he like sends you pictures and videos. Like he always texts me videos, and I'm like, God, man, quit sending me stuff because then I want to buy it. <laughs> he's a, he's a bad influence. I think his whole hobby is a bad influence. <laughs> it, there is always something new and something coming. And even was a, we were on the uh, had to, we're talking with Wags the other day, and I thought he was, it was rather uh, kind of nailed it with the golden age of peripherals. And you know, I ordered uh, in preparation for the Apache coming out. I did get a, a Verbal Collective, so I haven't set it up yet. But that thing is fantastic. So. Man, there you can coming, just coming from what? What did coming, you used to have? Uh, nothing, or just a oh. throttle. <laughs> so, well, I mean, like, what throttle did you have? Oh, uh, I have the Windwing F eighteen, and I also have a Verpal uh, MK three. Okay, yeah, I got the Thrustmaster, you know, Hotas, and yeah, I've had it for three years, and I I freaking love it, but. Other people have upgraded to the Verbal and they're like sending me stuff. And I'm like, man, like I want to upgrade, but this thing works out great for me right now. Like, yeah, I think the, the thing I think about is this, is that if you stick with one thing, then you get to know where all the buttons are. So, and this is, you know, I was thinking about, and this is one of the things I see with you, Tricker, is that you'll go from one plane to the next and you're still proficient. And I wonder, and I wasn't, you know, if you have one HOTAS that you're used to and you've mapped it, like you may... You know, do you map like where chaff flares are across the you know it's the same buttons on all the planes? I try to. It's it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not proficient in everything, but I have like almost every module. And usually, like if I haven't flown in a few months, I have to go to the adjust control screen and hit all the buttons to be like, all right, where's this? Where's that? And it all comes back. You know, it's got to build the muscle memory. Mm. But uh, I try to bind certain things, you know, the same way. Um, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, like the F-16, mm-hmm. um, my zoom on the F-16 is actually a different, it's actually on a slider, but on the F-18, it's actually on a button. Um, like where the target management switches, I use that up and down to, you know, zoom in slow and zoom out slow. But then on the F-16, the TMS button, actually, you need that button, uh, or you need that, you know, four-way switch for TMS. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just, Depends. You know, it just depends. But now, uh, I, are you I getting, try my hardest. Are you going to get the F-16 throttle? Oh, oh. man. Like I said, I just, <laughs> I love this, uh, I love this Thrustmaster right now, but man, that it does look really nice. Well, and that's what I was sitting there looking, either, you know, I was talking about, you know, hey, maybe I'm, you know, I'm going to get this Monster Tech chair and then I'm going to get the collective to attach to it. And then I need a throttle because I want to, you know, if this is going to be the VR setup, and then which throttle do I want? And to me, it's sort of like, man, that F-16 throttle is pretty fantastic. But the Verbal throttle has all the buttons in the universe. And, you know, and it's just like, boy, you, you know, is it better to get something like that where you can map multiple buttons uh, or get one specific for the aircraft? So, I don't know. Yeah. How about you guys, uh Nomad and Bowser, do you guys have any issues with your muscle memory, or do you guys just stick, try to stick to the Apache and F-14 and F-18? I haven't had any uh, any crazy issues with muscle memory. I uh, said earlier I've got this X-56, and I'm kind of like you, Tricker, where I try to map everything as close to uh, 
as close to itself as possible just for the to make it easier on me you know what i mean mm -hmm. but. yeah goat's right uh if you use the same hotas every time you kind of do learn where the buttons are it makes it easier to remember after you remap a new airplane um but i've got the thrustmaster same as you um but i put a verbal base on the stick and uh it does everything i need so so what does the verbal base do for you that the regular warthog hotas doesn't it has the cams it's a much smoother experience and it's uh kind of like how the hornet works the stick force increases as you deflect farther uh, oh, okay unlike the regular warthog it was just that spring which was great don't get me wrong i loved it for i've had it for six or seven years but this thing so you would you would definitely recommend that yeah I, i'd go with the verbal base the the cm 50 or not not the uh, warbird because i have an extension uh, the extension makes all the difference okay yeah, interesting. I've heard. I, that. I need to. I need to take a look at it. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys ever check out the Nubifier um, YouTube channel, but he has, uh, and I he has cost uh, he has cost me money too, uh, because <laughs> he's got a lot of uh, you know he reviews a lot of the Monster Tech gear um, as well as the verbal stuff. Now I think he plays Star Citizen mostly, but I really enjoy his podcasts. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I'm not familiar either. I'm not really familiar with the Monster Tech chair either. Oh, yeah. No, we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes. But right now it's I think I, you know, it's got 3 month back order. But essentially the cool thing about it is it actually has a uh right in the middle between your legs. Uh, its own bathroom. <laughs> Indeed, that's right where you it's got a built-in piddle pack. Exactly. It's 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 a piddle pack for you. And uh there's no need to get up and go anywhere. You're there. That's why I want it. That's right. It's and just just change it out once a week. Um <laughs> No. But uh it it's got a it's got a you can essentially put a stick uh attach a stick on the chair in the front so it's between your legs. Uh Okay, and that you can run with that. So, but no, I mean, so it's it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's a, you know, they is Monster Tech sells a lot of gear that can attach to different types of chairs. So I think there's an IKEA chair, and so you can always get these attachments. So if you want to put your throttle, or your stick, or you know, put your um, you know extension for your mouse or something or keyboard. So, mm -hmm. um, so for that one though, I think it's you know to me it seems hey that seems pretty great. Because then you could, if I'm just going to have a throttle stick and everything else, uh, it seems great for VR. But, yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes so that people can go take a look at it. Uh, the Nubifier, uh, as well as some of the Monster Tech gear. Yeah, I have trouble finding uh, those setups that have the stick in the center. Uh, back when I did mine, I ended up just, you know, DIYing a solution. But it'd be great uh to have something like that with the center mount. That's that's what's missing. Do you guys yeah. have mounts? I do not. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a desk. Like I have a desk that I have everything up. See, I have an L-shaped desk, so it's kind of a it's kind of okay. difficult right now to set up everything. So, eventually I'm going to be getting a a regular desk and then probably going to get mounts. 
so I'm in the same boat as you there and that where that kind of helps me is the civil flight sims, you know, and I know this isn't this is out of the scope of this podcast, but with How the, dare you bring up civilian flight stim <laughs> with, the, uh, with the Airbus, you know, Shut the the side stick, that's how that goes. Oh, the air oh, that trash. <laughs> that trash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare Boy, you bring up a I'll French just, airplane? I'll just see myself out. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know. I'm used to the... That's what I fly, so... Okay. I'm used to the side stick. Yeah, I didn't get into that. And so isn't that why we're all in this, is to do the things that we didn't uh, didn't get to do? Yeah, I, I, I call that affectionately the wannabe. And, uh, yeah, and, it, and and I for me, um, as I even though I've talked about the... Uh, you know, my driver for having uh, the setup that I have has been kids. Uh, honestly, I had to mount it to something... And so I've gone, you know, I've had the fox mount, and then the kids figured out how to knock that off. And that was when they were about uh, four. So now that they're seven, I've already migrated over to having this stand-up uh, rig situation. So they can't knock it off. But uh, it's playtime, man. Anytime they come in my office, it's like throwing the switches and stuff. But um, there's, there's certainly, I think, Bauer, you're mentioning that, you know, there's certainly a lot of great DIY solutions that people have done. Uh that are fantastic that I've seen on Reddit as well. That's do it yourself for yes. those that don't know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A buddy of mine told me he, he bought a CNC table and I said, well, if you've got a CNC table, I got a project for you. So that's, that's how we did it. That's awesome. Having somebody in your back pocket like that when you're doing the DIY stuff makes all the difference. I know there's, um, there's a guy that, usually hangs out in my stream. His name is Roundabout, and he has, like, uh, he has VR as well, the Reverb 2, but he has his own, like, 3D printed. He 3D prints all of his, uh, like, his controls, basically. And supposedly he has his own little home cockpit. He's been wanting me to come over. He lives, like, 30 minutes away from me, so I haven't gone over there yet, but um, I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, just 3D print everything. Well, there's there's some good 3D printers out there for you know 200 bucks. You get that and put it on your desktop, and you've got a you, you can make everything you need. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of 3D printing. It is nice. I did see a video, uh, kind of circling back on the Apache stuff, where someone was, I guess, printing out a uh, custom TDAC controller. And I was like, I yeah, wow. I saw that. I did see that. That was on it was on the Twitter. Like, At least wow. I saw that. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime I see someone get in there and they're like wiring it themselves and all this, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I'm very impressed, but I also sit there and wonder, is, is Wing Wing going to come out with a, with a brand new, uh, you know, a brand new uh, TDAC controller specifically for each aircraft? Or a throttle sure for each aircraft a- or, or, or stick. It's interesting. I'm sure there's a massive push to get a TDAC out on the market right now. I bet. So, how do you guys feel about the lack of force feedback sticks? That's the thing that's been irking me for a long time. I agree. I totally agree. Um, man, I just wish there was some force feedback sticks because I have a a fanatic CSL drive like uh, racing wheel and base, and just like driving that thing around, like just like it feels like you're on the road. And it feels like you know you're battling the the wheel, and it, I just would love that, you know, when I'm flying on oh, yeah. DCS. 
it makes all the difference in, in a driving game. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, to understand correctly, if is it really it's a licensing or patent issue which is preventing uh, manufacturers from developing these? That's what I've always heard. But there is a company that makes one. Uh, it'll accept the uh, Warthog stick, but it's it's like twelve hundred dollars. Jeez. It's pretty, see, pretty expensive. See, yeah. Let's see if we can get Moltar to get that. Do it for us. <laughs> Jeez, 1200 bucks for some force feedback. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> then it, then again, I think, well, I've got these, you know, TPR rudder pedals I spent like 650 bucks on. It, 1200 really isn't that far out of the realm of possibility. It never ends. Exactly. When you start getting farther and farther down the niche communities, then it starts getting more and more expensive. You can rationalize anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but you know, but but I think to your point though, it's like you know, if the goal is to get you know, and it's the same thing. If you're in the high end audio, uh, you know, people want to get they spend as much money as they do, and sometimes as much as they'll spend as much as they spend on a house on speakers to get the live music experience now i'm not that guy uh but you know again you know where you put the money in to try to replicate the experience i mean i love sound so i always have like i got really expensive headphones and no what's expensive nice... what's expensive for you? <laughs> uh well i spent about 700 dollars on these headphones yeah yeah i, mean, yeah, I call pretty, that expensive that's yeah. pretty pricey well i think um, so having known these, because uh, I worked uh, with this magazine at one point that uh, that was for high-end audio. And, oh, Playgirl? Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to bring them into Yeah, I choose not to. It's, <laughs> great great uh, articles. It's yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's, that's, that's right. So, but uh, I found, because we always had all these uh, hi-fi man and all this other stuff around that I, I found my threshold was 300 bucks over 300 bucks. I couldn't tell the difference, but, uh, you know, but it's a, you know, people, people can spend a bunch of money. Now, the other thing I always found fascinating is that the people that were doing the reviews were old men and, uh, and their hearing was gone, but they were doing reviews. So they can't hear as much, but they were still giving reviews. So, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you can spend you can spend as much money today, and I think tomorrow as um, now. One good thing that's changed recently is I saw the price of graphics cards are coming down. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Hopefully, housing prices come down. <laughs> <laughs> one thing at a time, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're tied together in the market. One's Green graphics cards and in in housing market prices. That's right. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I I think I saw that like Best Buy had a bunch in stock, which never happens. I thought I thought I read something about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what do you guys have in your uh, in your in your rigs, and did you I, build it yourselves? I did build mine myself. I built it over COVID. Uh, got a wild hair and said, "Hey, I want to I want to build a computer." Um, a buddy gave me his old. 1070 which was good at the time it was a, it was a pretty good upgrade from the little integrated graphics card i bought 
but or I'm sorry, integrated CPU and graphics card I bought, but I just the other day upgraded to a 3060, and that was a pretty, pretty decent little upgrade. I think may not have actually been an upgrade, but I saw I saw a difference. Yeah, I've always built my own uh, since I first started flight simming, uh, but yeah, last year I did this upgrade, and I the worst time to buy a graphics card. I bought a 3090. Oh. <laughs> It's a little overkill, but I mean, I figured it would be future-proof, but I paid scalper prices for it. Now I'm oh, kicking no. myself. Uh, you know, someone told me a long time ago, you, you buy it when you buy it, and you don't look back when it comes to the technology. And I think yep. that's probably pretty true. Well, I had the money, so I figured either either I get it now or I don't get it. Yeah. Then might as well enjoy it. Sure. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, I got the 3080 Ti, and I bought it from... Like, I had my computer built. Usually, I build my own computers, but uh, it was so difficult to find any graphics cards. So, I was like, I'm just going to pay the premium, you know, just just to get the graphics card because my old computer was uh, getting slow. Like, the processor was getting pretty slow. So, I was like, it's time to upgrade. And I'm glad I did because I'd probably be kicking myself right now like, oh, I still got this computer. But it's good to hear that, you know, graphics cards are coming down and more of them are out there. Yeah, just a, a note. And so f- for some of you folks who follow uh, Ward Carroll or Mooch, uh, he's going to be moving into DCS and doing some uh, DC up or DCS uh, videos. And so he's also, Tricker's going to be working with him on that. Now, he recently got his computer, which uh, I built for him. Um, and I now just I did give him a 1080 Ti. So I'm just glad that, and I don't think that that's going to be problematic, but it's certainly not any kind of room to grow on that one. So I think the fact that card prices are coming down a bit uh, will make that an easier transition when it's time. Sure. That's a good card. I used one of those for years. Yeah. Honestly, I had that 1070 and uh, I wasn't doing terribly. It, no, it I, th- I think for, I think for Mooch, this will be a great, start and then as he's moving forward and and doing these things uh so but at the end of the day i think as trickers working with him uh to get spun up i think it's uh you know there may be some other things that he needs to get sure so that'll be a fantastic graphics card everything you need to get started baby that's right go mooch go yes sir can't wait for that yeah i'm excited to see the progress so you get you know if he's going to be posting it on his uh youtube Yep, and yes. so, and so, and uh, thanks to our good friend Matt Wagner uh, and the folks over at Eagle Dynamics for uh, providing some licenses for for uh, for Mooch, and then uh, the good folks at Thrustmaster are helping out to set him up as well. So good stuff. Hopefully, we see him on the uh, multiplayer servers. That'd, that'd be fun. No, he's he's ready to go. He's also. He's also talking with, I don't know if you guys know uh, are familiar with Kevin Miller, uh, who oh, yeah. wrote the Raven 1 series. So he's like, uh, he and he and Hoser, Kevin Miller, are uh, are talking about doing some things together. So I, I, you know, so he's trying to pull him him into that as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see once Mooch gets going, uh, you know, how this turns out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll venture to say, you know, I think we're in not just the golden age of peripherals, but I think we're in a, a really good place for these content creators, too. You know, we're, we've got a lot of um, a lot of good quality stuff out there. I, I know, Tricker, you do 
things like that. But uh, there's a there's a lot of good quality, not just tutorial stuff online on YouTube, but things just to watch uh, with people playing DCS and and putting warheads on foreheads. It's fun. There's a ton of great content creators out there. That's what um, inspires me to make my content, just other people doing their stuff. Yeah, and I'm excited to see uh, see Mooch get into it as well. Yeah, I am too. So, Tricker, how do you fi- besides streaming events? How do you how do you pick what you what you you know content you create? What's your where do you get your topics your content list? Is it personal question? Um, no, I mean like people usually comment on my channel like, hey, like do some of this, do some of that. Yeah. Stop doing this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get all sorts of stuff. People will message me like, hey, like you should probably do something like this. Um, or I just have my own thoughts. I mean, sometimes I'll just be, you know, flying, you know, in real life. And then I'll be like, you know, I'm thinking of, <laughs> think of something to do. Like, hey, like this, is, this might be a good topic or. I wish Casmo was here. Yeah. And yeah. You, yeah. You, you'll think I wish Casmo was here and then you'll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> no, man. I just um, well, people like if I'm streaming, people come in and be like, "Hey, like, you know, I really like this," or you know, "There's not enough explanation on this." Yeah. So usually, I, I usually try to pick stuff that other people don't do. Now, do you ever get um, um, do you ever get some 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 uh, troublemakers uh, and people that are, are are not very nice? Do you have to ban people? Uh, or do oh, I've I've never I've only banned one person on Twitch ever uh besides like bots um but yeah I get people that obviously you get the haters yeah um but I mean they make you better I mean I'm all about like I love to give constructive criticism and I love constructive criticism back you know like as long as it's going to help me in the long run or you know like I like to help people um so I mean, that's cool. as long as something's constructive, you know, then it helps me out to do better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes people just, you know, people are just trolls too, so. Sure. You got to deal with that as well. I mean, yeah. I can be a troll too sometimes, so. I'm just holding the back. I love, I love, I love to have fun too, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so. Let me ask you guys. So, if you were, what would a good starter PC setup be for someone who just wants? to... I know this is always in the, um, in it's always on uh, Hoggett. I'm like, what should I get? But if you were to set up a PC today, what would what would you guys say for a starter for someone that would that would for, work for DCS specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many DCS. things. Yeah. yeah, there's so many things that go into that. Are they are they wanting to do VR? Are they not wanting to do VR? Um, but I'd say, like Nomad, at least a 3060, you know, at least a i5, 16 gigs of RAM, you know. I go with a Dell Intel Pentium. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just depends. That's a huge topic. I mean, we could spend like an hour just talking about that. Uh, well. Yeah, and and maybe yeah, I'll, I'll we can defer that to a, a hardware episode. I know we've touched on a lot of different pieces here in the peripherals and things like that, but I think it'd be great to to jump into and even have some folks from uh, peripheral makers come on board and, and talk about some of the stuff they've worked on or what's the process for them developing it. That'd be kind of cool. 
No, I totally agree. I just think it's it's a very uh, in-depth conversation. Because, I mean, you can have people that love flight sims, you know, like civilian flight sims, like Nomad. And he probably knows he's going to love DCS, so maybe he'll want a better computer in the long run. And then you might have somebody that just watches a stream or a YouTube video and is like, eh, I might dabble in it, you know, but I don't need, like, the best system out there. So... I oh yeah, yeah. A, I I was I was just thinking, and maybe that's a way we can frame it later. Is saying what's a what's a good DCS Rev One? If you want to get started, this is the min. And maybe I mean I know that they list it, like what the specs are uh, on the Eagle Dynamics website. But if you want to get started, you probably need to have this minimum things. And uh, so I I know it's a bigger question. No, it's well, a good topic though. I would say to anybody that wants to do that though, even if you're not real technical, try to build your own. I mean, it's such a fun project, and it's really not that hard these days. You can really save a lot of money. So, well, along with that, you learn that helps you learn a lot about how the computers work, and you can take steps when building your own to future-proof it, quote unquote. Where you know, I don't have to replace this part for a long, long time, but I can replace this and this. Yeah, you can control where your money goes. Uh, if you want a better video card, or you know. Maybe you don't have enough money to put the huge amount of RAM in it. Well, make sure you buy something you can add to. So let's put it this way. What would be the number one thing that you think people should spend the most money on, like for the PC? As in a PC part specifically, what would be the number one thing? Definitely graphics card. That's what I would agree with. Yeah. Um, I saw a big jump when I moved from the Ryzen 3 to the Ryzen 5 processor, the the newer ones. Of course, that's kind of a sore subject in, in DCS with the multi-threading. But uh, I, I saw he, that was probably the biggest jump I've seen is when I moved, did that. It can be a very positive point. I mean, there's a lot of growth opportunity in multi-threading. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, I'll say it's a sore subject. So. I, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think people... Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and again, I think it goes back to when we talk about software and where it's sure. it, where you start and where you go, and not expecting, not building something for VR to doing it. It's just you know, software is hard, and and um, you know, I, I know there are a lot of folks that are like, oh, why don't they do this and this and this? But having come uh, as someone in the software industry, it's just never as easy as people think it is. Well, and I'll offer a counterpoint to your. Uh dcs only build don't do not just build a computer for one uh one game or one purpose build it with what you think you're going to be getting into in mind it's it if you limit yourself in one aspect and you'll end up kicking yourself down the road if you don't yeah i remember a few years back when i was starting to look at dcs and i was like oh man i i there's no way i'm going to spend that much money for a pc (laughs) and then (laughs) And and I remember I I remember I I had one PC and I start tried to load DCS and I'm like oh my gosh, it's even <laughs> it's like this is it's a lot. so then I so then I got into building the PC and that I'll never forget um and and not that I don't think people shouldn't do it but there's nothing quite like a puff of hearing a zit and a puff oh. and smelling a little smoke oh no. <laughs> Well, definitely watch some videos and get educated before Absolutely. you tackle it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Encourage folks to go do it. It's a great project, and as soon as my kids are old enough, I want them to do that. Uh, but 
I completely agree. Um, and there are some mistakes that you can definitely call your own. Oh yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if you saw the smoke and you heard the zap, you were probably going 88 miles an hour. And, uh, <laughs> you probably just went back in time. Yeah. Uh, Rob. Um, there, there's, uh, when I, if you can smell it and you heard a little poof. Yeah. No, yes. it's called the, I put the damn, uh, oh, dog on, um, yeah, how dare you? To, yeah, I know. <laughs> how dare Body you? Language. <laughs> Family yeah. show. I was a little, I was a little late on that one. Yeah, that was pretty good though. I appreciate that. No, no. Yeah, uh, I was know, trying. Yeah, you know, uh, I had, I think I had actually put uh, some of the, uh, the uh, stuff you put uh, the gel or not the gel, but the comp- CPU and the oh the uh, thermal heat. paste. Thermal paste. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thermal paste. There we go. I think I got some of that on the motherboard. We're good at words. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's a magical Sunday. Um, but Follow yeah. the Air Combat Sim for good word usage. <laughs> I've learned all my words here. <laughs> yeah, liberal use of uh, of that is not a good thing. Yeah. The heat, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, less is more. Well, I kind of want to, we should probably discuss this at the beginning, but where does the Nomad call sign come from? Uh, that come from my first unit in the uh, in the Army, actually. We were the uh, the Nomads. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you were a caveman or... No. You got a <laughs> beard and... <laughs> He's living under a rock. <laughs> he goes, he goes I, it is just me. I yeah. <laughs> I move every 10 days, start a new family. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and then I was going to ask Bowser, were you a big, like, Mario fan? No. Uh, mine's a bit of a story. I come from a family of truck drivers. Um, oh, okay. And when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, my dad called me Dragon. Um, well, whenever I turned 18, started driving truck, uh, there was already a dragon that worked at the same place, so they called me Lizard. They said I was just a baby dragon. Um, and then uh, I joined this uh, squadron I belonged to, and they gave me the call sign Bowser because I'm the Lizard King. So that's kind of the short story. Interesting. Was Bowser a lizard? Not really. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I'm trying to picture what he was now. Like like Mario I Bowser? Like, I think he was a yeah, turtle. Yeah. I like thought he was tur- like an angry turtle with spikes. A turtle, alligator, yeah. something or another. I'm not sure. Funny. Oh, that's cool though. Yeah, I like it. I like the Nomad one though. Yeah, it's a uh, very near and dear to my heart. It says Nomad one one requesting a uh, shower. Birds. Nomad coming. Request tonight. Well, we had a. I, I got a funny story about that. I'll, I'll keep it family friendly, but uh, uh, my. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> one of our one of our leaders he come up with this uh this thing that we're sh- supposed to shout when they calls the uh, company to attention and we were a drone unit and he, he says attention we we're supposed to say nomads we like to watch oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it well i think that pretty much wraps up our community episode um if you guys have anything else dad no, thank you so much for having having me. No, it was a it was an honor. It was a, it was fun. 
I had a yeah. good time. This was my first time doing one of these uh, community podcasts. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having us on. It was a, uh, it was definitely a learning experience, and I I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, and as we mentioned before, we'll be back uh, in I think three weeks with a new episode, and I think BMS um, that was recorded the other day, but can't come out quite yet. So we'll have our next episode about BMS. So um, extra editing. Extra ah. editing. <laughs> we get to talk about a basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do. <laughs> All about the basket. <laughs> it's but no, it was a lot of fun, though. So appreciate it, Nomad, Bowser, and uh, Mr. Goat. Thank you for joining for the Air Combat Sim Community Podcast number three. Thanks for listening to Air Combat Sim. Don't forget to subscribe or tell a friend about it. You have a question, idea for an episode, or a special guest you'd like us to invite? Feel free to reach out on Facebook, Discord, or via email. Air Combat Sim was brought to you by DVR Productions.